and we're recording. Hooray. Welcome to the year in review episode that we try to do every year on time, but don't always. Uh, we're going to break down our top five movies of the year and maybe the one that we didn't like. I don't know. Maybe we'll get to that point. Um, who wants to start us off with uh, number five? Uh, I can start us off with the number five. This is Brian's number five. We're going to go right. Brian, me, Zant, and then circle back. So my number five, which could have moved up if it got a proper theater release, is going to be Prey because we are big uh, Predator fanboys here. Yes. And this was very much a return to form for Predator and the sequel that we've uh, been waiting a long time for, where it gave us very much similar vibes to the first movie and was a actual really well done sequel. And Fantastic. it breaks my heart that Prey did not get a good theater release. Cause I would have loved to see this movie in theaters. It did. It did deserve a theater release. Um, we mentioned this before when we were talking about this at dinner, um, going into it, it was kind of a thing where we were uh, prepared to see the franchise die right before our eyes. Yes. Cause again, it didn't get a theater release for a reason because the last few predator movies have been, uh, spotty at best. Um, but now that they've, the, their backs are against the wall. They're like, okay, let's just do what predator was meant to be. And they did a damn good job of it. Yes. Completely agree. Uh, my number five, I have top gun Maverick. Uh, I had a hard time coming up with, I knew what my favorite movie was, uh, number two, number three, number four, number five. I had a real hard time with, took me a couple days, but I finally came to the realization that it was Top Gun Maverick because, uh, I rewatched it and fell in love with the movie all over again. And then I even rewatched it a little bit this morning when I was cleaning my apartment and I realized how great of a movie it was. So I say it's Top Gun Maverick. Usually these these long-awaited sequels um, suck because they take too long or too many people that were a big part of the first one pass away or it's just not refreshing or anything. And I thought number five being... Um, I'm sorry. Um, Top Gun was a um, great sequel that um, added to the original. So my number five is Top Gun Maverick. And next we have Zant with his number five. So unlike Corey and Brian, um, (laughs) I didn't have time to prepare my top five. (laughs) This is completely my fault. So uh, we had dinner about two hours ago (laughs) and Corey said, oh yeah, we're also going to pick our top five movies. And I was like, dang, I can only think of four right now. But with that said, I'm just going to say my my number five movie has to be Black Adam. Um, Brian, don't make that face or I'm going to have to close my <laughs> eyes. But I did, uh, no matter what other people said, you know, like, you know, you enjoy a movie and, you know, it means something to you. You like it. So it doesn't really matter what other people think. Everything's so, subjective. Yeah. And, you know, I, I did enjoy the action in it. I like the characters. I like seeing like all that. I like seeing all the superhero stuff like live action like seeing it live other than just being animated or like on page. So it was pretty cool. Thought it was funny. And it was cool seeing it um, uh, opening night too because I did have a crowd in there too. 
So like seeing people like clap and cheer and gasps was pretty cool. Made it made the experience a lot better. Wish, you know, they could have taken it to the next level and don't waste Henry like that, but that's whatever. I will say uh, that for opening night experience absolutely will always elevate a film. Yeah. There's there's no dumb night in that. And in IMAX. It's especially in IMAX, yeah. I'm trying to think, what's the worst movie we've ever seen in IMAX? Like we, I've never come out of an IMAX experience thinking I did not like the movie. What would probably be the worst movie we've seen in IMAX? Uh, it would have to be either The Predator or Suicide Squad. The, the David one. Ayer one. See, even that one was was in IMAX was at least kind of exciting at parts. Like it, it was um not bad. I was I think the first one that like really wasn't like amazing was probably the third Hobbit film. Because I think the film in general. Yeah, I only got that because I wanted to see the Batman vs Superman trailer, but yeah. we won't get into that. <laughs> I took an L that day. Um, we we gotta make a video on Batman vs Superman because I think you and I have like the. We like the movie the same way, right? Yeah. We always agree on stuff like that at Hurley. Yeah. 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 We're, some things worked, some things didn't. Yeah. Revisiting Batman versus Superman. Yeah, we'll, we'll do that. 100%. Yeah. I want to do all the DC movies. That's cool. Okay. Uh, especially, with, especially with Zant, because I love Zant's opinions on them. DC sexual. Yes. We're, we're, we're too similar sometimes. Uh, I, think, so, I think Zant came up with a first uh, original t-shirt idea. DC sexual. Yeah, DC sexual right there. Should that go on the front or on the back? <laughs> Definitely both. on the front. On the both. <laughs> and then you flip the shirt inside out and it'll say DC sexual again. So. <laughs> I think the front says, should say DC sexual on the back. It says on the daddy sl- or something stupid. On the sleeves too. Just everywhere you look, there's just always DC Anywhere sexual. you could put it. Um, <laughs> all right, so number four. Uh, oh, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. All right, so my number four was uh, The Fablemans. Um, is you know it was it's kind of recent, so I'm trying not to completely copy what I said about it when we did a review like a month ago. But just an all around very well done film. Um, this really kind of highlighted a lot of stuff that is what makes movies fun to watch. Um, and you know for as long as surprisingly was, I never really felt bored. It was just really invested in the movie. I I don't know. It was just it was just nice pleasant. Uh, pleasant experience, and I really enjoyed it. Uh, I'll when Corey gets up to it, I'll let him like really give it the compliments that it deserves. Because I know it's on his list at a certain point. Uh, <laughs> and, on, and in a certain position. Uh, number four for me is Prey. Uh, would have had a little higher, but the the other movies I have before it, I have it before for um obvious reasons. Um. And oh shit, did I get it mixed up? I might have got it mixed up. Um, what have you done? Uh, derailed the whole episode, Brian. That's what I've done. <laughs> um, shut up, Brian. Um, the show must go on, Corey. The show must go it's, on. It's number four now. Sorry. Well, while it's... he what, while he fixes whatever he's doing, what's your number four? All right. So my number four is a barbarian. It was like a horror movie. Okay. And. Mm-hmm. When did that release? Because I because uh, we did not see it, and I definitely don't even remember when it came out. It's like it was on HBO Max. I'm pretty sure. I don't know if it was in theaters. Oh, okay. That might be why. I might have to look it up then. Yeah, it it was pretty cool. Um, normally, I mean, like, so I like scary movies, horror movies, whatever. 
Yeah. And normally, like, they don't, like, get, like, I don't, I never want to rewatch a horror movie or anything like that. But, like, for some reason, I just really liked how this one was made. Um, you guys haven't seen it, so I won't really go too much into it. But it's, like, they kind of, like, the when you first start watching it, you're going to think it's going to go in a totally different direction than where it actually goes. And when it starts getting there to the parts where it starts getting more intense, I don't know. That's what I liked. I also liked, um, I don't know. It's hard talking about it without telling you guys about it. Yeah, I know. I was thinking, you know, I was very happy when we were eating dinner and you told me it was Barbarian was on your list. It got, um, it got really good reviews. Yeah, it was something that we didn't check out. Yeah, it was I like in the last I just watched it too like a couple months ago and like I've already seen it like four or five times. I even watched it last night. Like it's pretty cool. I just like it. I oh and I really like the the music in it, like the the main theme for the barbarian. Like I don't know why, but it just that one just like normally I don't like music or like not that I don't like it, but I'm not like attached to it or whatever. But when I hear it, I'm just like, I don't know, that's like that's pretty epic and intense. And like I don't know, it really matches. Nice, a yeah. good score definitely is one of the most important things for a good, uh, for a good film. Uh, I I just pulled it up real quick, and uh, the, it was it says in Barbarian, a young woman traveling to Detroit, and I just stopped there, and I'm just like, yeah, that sounds pretty scary. I wouldn't <laughs> want to go to Detroit. Yeah, that sold. I'm watching it. <laughs> um. All right, back to Corey. Yeah, number four was Prey. Um, I just forgot what my number two was, but I remember it. Uh, number four was Prey. Uh, I thought it was a great original story. I thought it was interesting to start with a, uh, to go with a prequel. I thought it was shot. Uh, it was the way it was shot was beautiful. The action sequences were great. It was like a simple story. It was easy to follow. And I'm super excited for where they can go, where they're going from here. And, um, the soundtrack's even awesome. I listen to the score all the time. So I would like for Predator that with the franchise to retry the Predators idea because Predators was a movie that the trailer got me super hyped for. Mm-hmm. And then they kind of fu- they fumbled it at, in the second half of the film. I would they've they've gone back and kind of like did something similar to the original. I would like for them to try and do a Predators idea done properly. Because there's still so much. Yeah, that makes sense. That idea. I, I can get that. I can understand that. Um, to number threes. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, my number three was the Batman, and as we mentioned before, with uh first night showings, we all went to see that one midnight release, and uh, yeah, that was. I, I was really excited for that movie and it it really delivered um it had the fe- the the dark vibes were really it were just so apparent there it was one of the most true detective batman we've ever seen all the acting was phenomenal i mean paul dano and colin farrell were just complete standouts um yeah you know for all the criticism for dc and how dark their movies tend to go um, I like how they just said, fuck all y'all. We're going to go darker than ever and you're going to like it. And yeah, I liked it. And that was Sans first episode with us. It was. Yeah. It was. Wow, should we oh my God. The menus on HBO max. Um, sorry. What were you saying? Zach? I was just going to say, should we group hug? 
After this, yes, hundred percent. Uh, we should have a group hug after every episode we do. Anyway. Physically and we'll difficult hug the to mic do. So everyone can hear it. Physically difficult to do with our curtain setup at the moment. But. Yeah, it's very hard because I'm laying on bed on a bed <laughs> surrounded by dudes. I have a, Excuse me. I'm not. <laughs> oh my god. Um. Moving on. Were we on number three? Yeah, number three. Uh, number three. I have um the menu. Uh, the reason why I have the menu at three is because, um, I thought it was a movie I was excited to watch and, um, I was excited to watch it and it was even better than what I thought it was going to be. Does that make any sense? Like I had high expectations, but it went a little bit above and beyond. Um, I thought it was awesome. I loved it. The the little um, <laughs> it's been added to HBO Max. And I'm so stupid happy right now. Um, it had interesting, interesting characters. characters. Yep. I think Brian will agree with that. Um, a really funny premise, but was very dark. And I do love my dark comedies, so that was just great and i love Anya taylor joy um so i just loved everything about it i suggest it to everybody i can tell or talk to about like recommendations and um yeah i highly recommend it it's on hbo max as of this recording so go check it out and on to zant's number three uh, my number three, I'll probably go with the bullet train. There you go. Have you guys seen that one? We no. haven't, but I, it's on my list. All right. So this is going to be hard again to talk about this one. <laughs> but so I like this one because um, it's like like an action movie. Like, so you know how uh, I really like Shang-Chi? Yes. And one of the scenes that I always talk about is like that, that bus fighting scene. Yeah. And like that is like what this movie kind of feels like. It's like not... Well, yeah, that's what it feels like. They're they're on okay, the train. so I, I yeah, I yeah, get it. You know I what, what I mean? you mean? But it's like, and they have so many characters too. And normally, I feel like when you have that many characters, somebody gets lost in there. But I feel like they they do a good job of like keeping you engaged with everybody, like with the main characters at least. Right. And then um, with uh, Brad Pitt being the main main character, like I feel like he has um, a really good character arc. I guess you can say. And then, like, you know, of course, there's all the, the action and the the flashbacks and then the ending. And then there's, like, a little twist that I think you guys might think is funny. But I won't say anything until you watch it. Brian was suggesting to me that we didn't see enough movies this year. And I have to agree that we didn't. Because usually we see, like, everything to the point where there's some weeks where we're like, do we want to see something twice or do we want to just... There was a go s- eat because the summer was such a letdown, and there was like a three or four month period where we barely went to the movies. There was yeah, just not but- that much out that we wanted to see, so we kind of neglected the whole industry in general and just watched TV for the for but months. The that three months of TV was was, really was fantastic. So, um, I even was jokingly gonna put House of Dragon as one of my top five movies, but. I didn't think anyone would find it funny. Um, so, yeah. Uh, number two? Uh, By the way, I did say Bullet Train on my queue on Netflix. 
Is this on Netflix? Yeah, you should watch it. I I want right to. Now. Put, just put it on. <laughs> yeah, fuck the episode. Let's no, go. No, because I want to watch it with people. Now it's a live viewing. Um, all right, so my number two was uh, Banshees of Any Sharon. And this was a movie where kind of go, we're going into it. I had no idea what to really expect out of it or how they're going to turn this kind of ridiculous plot into a full couple hours. But when you talk about a movie that is just like uh, the focus to detail and all the uh, peripherals of what makes a good film, this is this one of the most well put together movies. Um, overall, the cinematography was amazing. The acting was amazing. And the, the story, yet kind of ridiculous and simple, was, um, again, kind of almost like a little bit of com- kind of a dark comedy to it. Um, it just had all these little elements to it that were just made it a really entertaining watch. And it, I, even coming out of it, I thought it was not something I'd want to watch a second time. But then I watched it a second time because I wanted to show it to my dad. And I was just, yeah, I was like, yeah, I can absolutely watch this over and over again. It was uh, it has surprising rewatch value for me, um, but yeah, it's just in terms of filmmaking, phenomenal. And Banshees of Inisherin is also on HBO Max. I'm pretty sure. Yep. There you go. HBO Max just coming in clutch. Let's go. Uh, number two for me is the Batman. Uh, this is because it was, and this is my hot take of the episode. Uh. The Batman was better than The Dark Knight, my opinion. And uh, every single thing about this movie was fantastic. The score, the acting, the action, the the actors, the like everything, the cinematography, the set design, costume, everything was fantastic. And uh, uh, it got us Zant to start doing these episodes with us. Um, so that should make it number one. It's, it's number one. It may not be number one on the charts, but it's number one in my heart. <laughs> um, but yeah, I loved every, everything about it. And we, you know, we went to the screening and usually it would be, we would go to the IMAX IMAX at city walk, but you know, we got an early screen. We, God, it was like two days before it was supposed to come out, um, traditionally or whatever. So that was awesome. We got a comic book out of it that I haven't read. Um, it's cool. It doesn't doesn't match the movie or anything. Like it doesn't that, match the movie. Of course, it doesn't. Even though they put a, the Batman on the cover, it's not what the comic book's about. <laughs> well, I don't even know where it is at the moment, so I couldn't tell you. I'll bring mine over next time. Um, but. Um, I just loved everything about it, and it really kind of um, made you kind of exhale and think to yourself that, like, oh, okay, here is a... It was a very refreshing movie, is what I'm getting at. It was, like, ref- a refreshing take on a character we've seen countless times. So that's my number two. With my number two, I'll probably... Uh, I'll go with Top Gun. Just because uh, I haven't seen the first one, so you guys can't judge me on that. You know, you got to remember. I feel like you don't necessarily have to see the first one. No, you absolutely don't. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't know. Maybe she wanted to compare stuff. No characters. Be attached. Whatever. But um, I like that. I like Top Gun as my number two. Just because it's something that, like, I really battled with with my number one. 
just because Top Gun is like a, I don't know. I just feel like it was a movie that, like, I felt like it was a better Star Wars. Like, I don't know how to like put it in any other way, just because with all the, the aerial scenes and kind of like, you know, it being, you know, you get what I'm saying? No, I completely understand. Yeah. yeah. And then I just really liked how it like looked legit. You know, like how there's movies that have flying scenes or like stuff like that, and it just doesn't look like it's yeah. possible. Yeah, like definitely, I see why people wanted to join the Top Gun Top Gun program after watching that movie, because <laughs> I I definitely did. I tried to grow out my mustache too; it didn't work. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a really good movie. I liked all the music. Um, I know everybody's favorite scene was probably the beach scene. So, <laughs> well, you definitely gotta watch the first one. Then. Well. Well, it's interesting that you say that because I would have to say Top Gun Maverick had my favorite shot of the year, which was um, Maverick shooting off his flares to protect Rooster. Mm-hmm. That was, and then it showed from Rooster's cockpit uh, uh, Maverick flying over him, mm-hmm. kind of stalling or whatever. So that I completely understand why that's so high on the list uh yeah i'm gonna tag on to that because i had top gun as my number one uh because while there are plenty of other films that um get a lot will get a lot more oscar love i'm sure when you go to the movies this is the exact kind of movie that you want to see it's it's act it's action-packed it's really exciting it's one of those movies that keeps you completely glued to the screen from start to finish and it was a sequel that was actually well done and wasn't just some cheap money grab. This was re- this really was exactly what you want when the when these uh, franchises reboot old movie. I don't want to call it a franchise, but when they reboot an old film, we've been getting a whole lot of stinkers over the last several year several years, and it was nice to see something that was arguably better than the original, but it stayed. It was uh. It kept things fresh, but it also gave you just the right amount of a nostalgia to the point where it wasn't basically just pandering to the 30-year-old audience. But, um, yeah, it was just everything you would want out of a well-done reboot done right. And it was just the per- like a perfect movie experience. It, it was a great way to come back to the theater. I'm sure a lot of people that may have been one of their first returns to the theater after the pandemic. And it was a hell of a showing. Well said. Completely agree with you. Uh, my number one is The Fablemans. Um, the reason why it's my number one is because um, not only is Steven Spielberg an idol of mine, but I love filmmaking movies. And I just thought it was a very good, lighthearted story. And it was very interesting. It had very interesting um, stories to tell. The characters were great. The actors, the score, um, you know, his learning process of filming and editing and stuff like that. I just thought it was the best, you know, the most well-rounded movie. Um, Like you know, going into it, you see Seth Rogen and you think, oh, this is a joke. And then you end up thinking, oh, Rogen did a really good job, even though you don't particularly care for his character. But you, at the same time, they did, they shot this, 
uh, I know Zant, I don't think has seen it. Um, and I'm hopefully not ruining it for anybody. We didn't do a spoiler alert. That's our fault. Um, they should, they should know by now, but, but like Seth Rogen's character, you're not really supposed to like him when you find out a certain thing about him and you end up being indifferent to him and you don't end up hating him, which is very hard to do in a movie is take someone who's likable, make them unlikable and then make them indifferent. So I think with that and like the cinematography, the, the directing style, the set designs, the characters, the acting, everything kind of, it's like I said, it's the most well-rounded um, film and part of it was filmed in Ventura County in Moore Park and Simi Valley. Uh, I still believe that Arizona house they move into is in Moore Park. I'd have to look into that, but we never, we never looked it up. We, said I, we, we never looked that. it up, but I believe me when that movie comes out on Blu-ray, I'm buying it first day and I'm doing my own f- hour long episode on it. So, um, I can't praise that movie enough. So, that's my number one. With my number one, I'll have to go with the Batman. Just because, uh, like, this is a movie where I was hyped for when they announced it. And it's something I was hyped for watching the trailer. And normally, like, with all these, like, movies, I, uh, superhero movies that come out, I feel like they always get hyped up before you watch it. And for me, when I watch something that's hyped up, and if it doesn't live up to that expectation, it just kind of, like, sinks for me. And watching the Batman, it's like, I feel like I had goosebumps from when it started and then it stayed even after it finished. So watching a movie like that just has to be my number one. And it was just really cool seeing, a, like you guys said, a different take of Batman on the on the big screen. Because, I mean, I grew up watching, what, the Adam West Batman, the Tim Burton ones. And uh, I do like Ben Affleck's Batman. I definitely think they could have done that character better. But seeing, like... Uh, totally agree. But seeing the Batman, you know, it's like, I don't really know what they can fix on that one. I feel like they could only make it better. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So that's why I picked the Batman as my number one. It was, I think one of the cool things about it too was, um, well, really the last two Batmans, when Ben Affleck was announced as Batman, there was like an uproar. People hated that casting. And then when Robert Pattinson came out, it wasn't quite to the same extent. But it wasn't like there wasn't a big more confusion. There was not a big roar support around it because everyone still saw him as that Twilight guy. Mm -hmm. But um, I think that this turned a lot of heads on people of Robert Pattinson is like, you know, he's actually he actually killed it. Yeah, he fit that role really good. And then there are the movies that he's done that are worth watching. And uh, for for him, I imagine this might be like one of those career important roles. Uh, looking back on it in a few years of yeah this really changed a lot of people's opinion on him and yeah. it seems that like these the batman not just the actors but also all the villains they the casting of them has been like insane for years what's yeah, the great legit legitimate bad casting that we've had in a batman movie we've had like two in a solo batman yeah, movie had, well yeah because we've had all the all the jokers are insane uh paul uh, paul nano killed it um, Bane was, uh, Tom Hardy was great as Bane. Um, Colin well, he didn't play, Dano didn't do Joker. He did. Well, well I'm sorry, but like he did, he did Riddler, but then we had two Jokers with Heath Ledger and, right. uh, Joaquin Phoenix. Everyone forgot Jared cast, Leto. Huh? You forgot Jared Leto. 
We're going to skip that part. We're going to skip that one. We're yeah. going to skip that. That's a very that touchy was, subject. Yeah, that, was not, that was also a uh, Shut up, Sant. Hardly. A, yeah. We're going to ignore that part. But yeah, <laughs> casting wise, they, they nail this constantly. Yeah. I do think Colin Farrell and Paul Dano were like the best villains that they've. I mean, I even think Totoro's character is pretty great. I thought he fit. I thought he I fit thought he, pretty damn perfect. Yeah. So, um, I and, completely agree with you, though. And they left it open enough where we can get some more Colin Farrell out of it. And they want to keep on going with it. Well, he's supposed to get his own uh, yeah, show, Yeah, he's supposed right? to have a spinoff show, yeah. Totally fine with that. Oh, I am, too. Still has one of my favorite moments of movies this year is when they, they capture him after the, the chase and they show him the picture of the the eaten-up commissioner. <laughs> Why are you showing me? Come on! <laughs> And then he d- does a little le- uh, lesson in Spanish. Yeah. Am I the only one that knows the difference between L and La? <laughs> so completely, completely agree. For a super dark movie, having a little comic relief moment was was surprisingly uh, fit very well. Maybe it was great. said there was going to be a comedy relief kind of character in a movie this dark. I'd be like, there's no way that's going to work. Uh, but it did. And even looking at him now, I still don't recognize him as Colin Farrell. I don't either. Um, with that being said, do we have a movie that you were disappointed for, disappointed by? Maybe something that you were looking forward to, but it came out and you thought uh, didn't hit, didn't scratch that itch. Uh, if I had to do a movie that was disappointing, it would have to be either Thor or Doctor Strange. Um, this was definitely a year where the Marvel um, or the comic, most of the comic movies in general, except for, you know, Batman, Black Adam. Um, yeah, <laughs> there was going to be a fight in a minute. I'm this was like I'm burned out. And yeah, I Brian's was, getting the burnout. I really felt the burnout this year. And I was because I was looking forward to Doctor Strange and Thor as like two of the highlight movies I really wanted to see because I really like Doctor Strange and I uh, and then the last Thor film was one of my favorite MCU movies and um, neither of them really did it for me. So that kind of bummed me out. And uh, that's when I really felt that burnout on the comic book movie. So I'm hoping 2023 has a surprise standout uh, film that can pull me out of the, out of the burnout. Um, my letdown is falls within the same area of Brian where the Marvel movies just did not. I, I still feel that in this phase, the best one's been Shang-Chi. I agree. The like no way home. I know everybody's kind of sick of hearing me say this, but I, I just think it was fan service. Fan, it was fan service. It was. Yeah. And you, then yeah, you take that away. It doesn't make that much money. Yeah, exactly. And if you, uh, Doctor Strange felt like, and I know like it's Sam Raimi, but it's like it was a horror movie, essentially. But it was like at the same time, it was, it just didn't do anything for me. And then Thor felt bland. I mean, don't get me wrong; those screaming goats were like the best part. But <laughs> um, I just, I, I was very disappointed both. Both, both times. Yeah, I mean, what's crazy is like even leaving Avatar. I thought, you know, I'm not super psyched about this movie, but it was, 
it was a beautiful movie and the action scenes were good. Like the first one. Yeah. But it's just the story sucked. So I didn't really walk away from it being too pissed because, well, for one, me and Brian have been shitting on that movie since they announced <laughs> they were making a sequel. Um, but I still walked away with kind of, I know I keep using this analogy tonight, but kind of scratching that itch. Yeah. So that was what I was disappointed by. And I can't put Avatar as what I was disappointed by because... We didn't have my, a lot of expectations. For my it. expectations were so low for it. Um, so yeah, that's that was me. And like, I, I probably agree with you with the the Marvel movies or I guess comic book movies in general. Like, um, but I did eventually end up liking uh, Doctor Strange and Thor. Yeah, I'm not knocking yeah. anyone that likes it. Yeah, it's just I, I guess I expected more. But uh, that's not the movies I'm disappointed in. But I just want I just wanted to talk about them too. You wanted to defend. That's why we have Zant. <laughs> yeah. So he can I, I just have to do the other way, you know, because I'm 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 a DC sexual. I think uh, I've said that once or twice. Um, I, I do enjoy watching the Marvel I'm movies fail. A fucking shirt. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I remember I watched uh, Multiverse of Madness right and uh, opening night, and I went with like my friends and my girlfriend and my brother, and I remember just watching it, and the movie was like halfway into it, and I looked over to my girlfriend and I was like, this movie sucks. <laughs> like I did, I couldn't believe like this movie like was actually being made. And I just felt so rushed to me and stuff like that. And I think this ties in with what I was talking about earlier. When you watch a trailer for something or you have expectations for something. And when you go watch it, if it's not met, it just kind of goes downhill. Yeah. And, um, but rewatching it, uh, out of, uh, theaters, like on Disney plus or whatever, I was like, you know what? I think I was harsh. Like, I like it. It's definitely not my favorite one, but I like it. And then with Thor, that one, I just liked it right away. I just thought it was funny. I don't know. I just thought, like, him being in love with his hammer or, like, having, like, you know, fighting with his hammer or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that was funny. I thought the I thought the premise was all right. It was cool, the Guardians in the beginning. And I thought that if this was the last Thor movie they ever made, I think they ended it well. Like, I'm happy with this ending. Like, he found what he loved and you know, what he wanted to be, I guess, or what he needed. So if that was the last time we saw Thor, I was like, that's the ending he needed. Like, that's good. That's it. Yeah, his, his character found purpose. Yeah. Because he yeah. was, it was a very lost character for the last uh, few, I mean, few years, honestly, mm-hmm. the way in the way of his character arc has gone. Um, you know, because looking back on it, Thor did have some stuff because it did have a lot of good funny parts to it. Mm-hmm. And we did like um, the villain. We were like mm, yes. a Christian Bale's villain. So it had its pluses. Um, and then I also, I really like the music. I just like the music they use in it too. Like, I, it, like not original music. You know how they're using like all the trailer music, all the music for the action scene, like all that. Like I like that too. Like it fit, it fit his character, I felt like. Let me ask Let me ask you something. Where the fuck do you get all this heartfelt shit for Thor, man? <laughs> I don't know. It's just like... <laughs> I don't know because it's like watching all of his movies and him being like one of the the last kind of original Avenger. Okay. Right? And uh, you know the second movie wasn't too great. I can't really remember too much about that one. But the, I could. The Dark World. Yeah. Yeah. It, don't worry but, about it. But I can remember the first one, and I just you know I love Ragnarok, hundred percent. And then you know just seeing Thor four, I guess it's just like with that closing and how they ended it, and with the his character it's just like you know if that that was it that's i don't know i don't know i just liked it and then the ending too when it just ended and it was just like 
Thor Love and Thunder or whatever it said. Like he found his, he named her Love and he was her Thunder or whatever it says. I was just like, that's cool. That's it. I don't know. What was your most disappointing movie? Black Panther. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, with that one too, it's because so I really liked uh, Christian Bale in Love and Thunder. And I thought he really made the movie. Mm-hmm. And at first watching Black Panther, I was like, Neymar really made the movie. Like, that guy made the movie. Oh, yeah. For me, and, he made the movie. And then I started thinking about it. And I was going over with uh, one of my friends. And I was like, I think the only reason why we liked him so much is because the rest of the movie was so bad. <laughs> that we needed something to, like, yeah. enjoy. And when we started thinking about it, we're like, I don't think they even really use his character too well. Like, compared to, like, how they use gore. Like, even though they didn't use him amazingly, I feel like the way that they used his character compared to Neymar was, like, kind of whack. Can You know, because we had a similar discussion about this because we, we were very happy that they didn't kill him. Yeah. Because we liked the character, and I would I would love to see them do something better with him. Because, like, the big difference between him and gore, um, for me, was their... Uh, their motivations. Gore had a had a tragic backstory. He lost his daughter and all this stuff. It was like an actual reason for him to go on that killing spree that he went on. And then um, the dude from Black Panther, I didn't really buy the whole, um, they found one of our things once, so we're going to go ahead and destroy the whole, uh, everyone living on land. It's just like, you guys just live down there pretty peacefully. Um, no one knows you're there. Why do you have all this bitterness? Because you came up this one time and one person died or something. I, I didn't feel the motivation made any sense for what they were trying to do. And that was, a, that was a huge issue I had with Black Panther. Um, no, yeah. Like that, that's what I'm saying. Cause like in the beginning, when we first watched the movie, you're like, Oh, that's the best part. When you start thinking about it, you're just like, he's not as cool as like we thought he was like how you're saying his motivation wasn't as great. Yeah. And then him being a villain too, like, the one part that kind of annoys me about that movie is how he kind of um, was talking about how, like, oh, like, I killed the queen. Like, I did that. Like, I'm a bad guy. But then it's like he drowned her. Like, the way he killed her wasn't cool. It was like manslaughter. It wasn't murder. Yeah. And, like, things, the, the thing is, too, is, like, she kind of killed herself because she chose to go and save uh, Ironheart, right? Yeah. yeah. She, did, she didn't have to die in that movie. Yeah. That, that's what I'm saying because, like, if they made it more epic, like maybe they fought or maybe he killed her herself himself, then maybe he becomes more of a, a villain, you know, but they didn't. And then I'm just like, I don't know. I'm just hoping he does get a redemption later because they can use him like they can use him later on. Yeah, whatever. Well, I knew they weren't going to kill Namor. It wasn't a character you kill in the one movie. No, no, the kill Killmonger. Well, I mean, I think that was a big mistake. Well, you got to understand they they wrote him dying before they casted him, and they had no idea it was gonna be that character was gonna be that great. Yeah, like, yeah. But and I, and I, I say I, that I with made my all point about the compliment characters. in the world because you don't you think your characters are gonna be great, you don't think they're gonna be so great. You now have to include them in a sequel. Yeah, but I, I mean, they're they're superhero movies. People could come back, right? No superhero movies. Nobody's. The, it's not Game of Thrones. They can come back. People yeah. only really die outside of the movies when their contract expire and they don't get renewed. That's mm-hmm. the only point at which they're actually done done. Or they get too expensive to work with. Is, Downey Jr. It's very it's very easy to just write somebody back in with the comic book characters, but um In Marvel, yeah. is there um uh you know how like DC has the Lazarus pit? Is there something like that in Marvel? 
That's a Corey question. Uh, they don't have like a Lazarus pit type thing, but there's what I found with Marvel is Marvel will come up with literally any way to bring somebody back. Yeah. So usually it'll be, um, um, you know, uh, a mutant brings him back or an inhuman or, a um, a godlike character or they borrow another one from a different earth. It's they they don't really have anything, but I mean, DC does that too. Yeah. But with, but the... with Marvel, I feel like Marvel is more reckless with it. Yeah. Because they'll just bring somebody back willy nilly and have the stupidest idea of why they came back. Yeah. Like, um, just to be off topic a little bit with the, what is it with the end game with all the time traveling? Yeah. And it's like we grew up watching stuff where there's like consequences with time traveling. Right. And stuff like that. Like even with the DC, we have the flashpoint. Yeah. Where, you know, he messes up his complete timeline and, you know, the whole movie and stuff like that. And then, you know, they go and do that and they completely touch stuff and fight each other and they have no repercussions. So then they make the Loki show, right? To kind of make up for it. Yeah. And it's like, that pissed me off. That's why I dislike that movie, honestly. Because it's like, <laughs> like, we grew up with all that stuff. We have DC. We have all the like Terminator stuff like that with all the time traveling yeah. consequences. And then Marvel's like, I'm going to show Captain America's butt. And then we're going to make <laughs> a Loki TV show and be like, no, it's okay because it was supposed to happen. But Loki being alive, that's not supposed to happen. And I'm just like, whatever. Yeah, it's funny you bring that up because I, I always tell people when we talk about Endgame how much I hated it because I grew up with Star Trek. Mm -hmm. And a big thing in Star Trek was you uh, a big thing that they teach is the temporal um, uh, prime directive, which is the same as the regular prime directive, which is do not interfere. So there's so many flipping episodes of Star Trek and any of the shows that you watch where they mess something up and it completely fucks things up. Mm -hmm. Or they go back in time and they have to tiptoe around things in order for the most minimal amount of time. It was basically said like they're, they're shoehorned in these situations where they're thrown back in time or whatever and it's like they're going to drastically change something. So when Endgame went, um, oh, time travel doesn't work that way. It just creates a new thing. Kind of pissed me off. Yeah. That, that's... Because it's like, base, so basically what you're saying is there's infinite amount of, we know the multiverse exists. By Endgame, we all know it. Because, like, where do you go from Thanos? Mm -hmm. We all know that the multiverse exists. Now you're telling me that different realities are going to break apart. So if you think about it, it's mind-boggling that we have infinite Earths or whatever have you, and now there's a possibility that there's a bazillion different realities. So it's like basically what they did was, well, you want to know something? Uh, Wolverine is th – this is my big fear with bringing an X-Men in. Are they just going to shoehorn them in and say they're from a different Earth? Is it going to be they've always been here? They could do anything they want, but now it kind of pisses me off because they're going to bring them in in a way and they're going to explain it in the stupidest way possible. 100%. Just to have them in. Just to have them yeah. in. So I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. I'll, anyway, go on. 
I was going to say, like, adding on to that, like, what do you think about the Deadpool 3 movie coming out where they're going to use time travel to fix things? Deadpool is the only person in comic book fan, uh, any of that shit, in any comic book character that, to me, does not abide by any any rules. Mm -hmm. Because, for one, let's be honest, and nobody listening to this can deny this. Deadpool benefited from not being a Disney property. Yeah. Oh yeah. Definitely. Because Disney Deadpool does would not exist. Yeah. They wouldn't do it. Mm-hmm. They would not do it. And now that they're going to have to do it because they you know they bought 20th Century Fox. Um now that they're doing it, they could do whatever they want essentially now. But I feel like with his character and what we've seen, he can absolutely do whatever he wants. Mm -hmm. Like as far as I'm concerned, he could literally go back and do like shit with like Tobey Maguire, Spider-Man. I would not, I would not care Mm -hmm. because that's the benefit of having the the fuck around character. Just do whatever you want. No, no, as long as you make it funny, that's fine. We'll go along with it. By Disney getting Deadpool. Now Disney has like this strange, stupid power where they could literally go, you know what? I feel like doing a, a a bit of, um, Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man, um, fucking around with, Tom Hardy's Venom. Mm-hmm. Deadpool could be that little part that makes it make sense. Or could just, just by having them share a scene. So, I mean, I don't. I just want to know if they're going to do time travel, are they bringing back Cable? I thought he was coming back. I, I didn't hear anything that he was, but I could have overlooked it. I don't know if it's true, but they said something like the movie's supposed to take place before Logan. So, before. Well, Logan's in a different timeline but deadpool but, gives you the benefit of who cares we're going to do it anyway yeah no like, that's true and then i thought cable is coming back for it but i'm not too sure they i just it's whatever i see on twitter i don't know if they're true or not because logan james mangold when he made it said that that's not the logan movie is not in the same world as the x-men movies or the same timeline uh, which obviously makes sense yeah I, I don't know i just saw that it said that it took place before logan so that's why he's not dead. But then I also saw something that says that Deadpool goes back in time and saves him before he dies. So I don't know. That will, well, that's the problem, and that's the benefit of them having Deadpool because he they can, can literally it. say whatever the fuck they want. We have no idea. Yeah. One person can say one thing, another person could say another thing, and they both could be fucking right. Yeah, and that's really, that was, that's really like you said, the benefit of not having to be a part of every, the other expanded universe because you can fuck around with stuff and not have to write in some explanation as to how yeah, they, and why it happened. They don't need to explain anything to us. Yeah. It's just like, just, just go along with it. It's funny. That's all that, that's all that matters. We're going to make a few movies like this. It's going to be some random ass timeline that we're just going to have fun with. And that's it. Don't worry about it. Yeah. But I mean, I, yeah, but moving on to another thing, I do want to say, I do believe I was a little, a little harsh on Black Panther. I don't think so. I don't think so. Either. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> just whatever you're going to say. Just 
I don't think so. For all the th- for all the stuff I've been praising for the movies tonight for, that's everything that Black Panther did wrong. I think I'll just shut up then. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so we're gonna end the video. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Uh, so d- I forget what the other part we were to bring up was. Um. We did our top five. We did our most disappointing. Most anticipated movies for 2023. Yeah. Why don't we end it on that? What's okay. the most dis- disappointing? What's the most anticipated? Uh, for me, it's either it's a combination of Oppenheimer and Mission Impossible. Because, I mean, Oppenheimer, Nolan, insane cast. Yeah, that's that's a gar- that's a guaranteed IMAX experience. There's uh, I don't think there's any going wrong there. And then having loved Mission Impossible Fallout as much as I did. Um, and then Tom Cruise does his thing with Top Gun this year. Uh, a lot of faith and a, a lot of expectations. So I'm really hoping that that pans out. I cannot wait to see that one. Uh, mine would have to be Oppenheimer. Uh, but I am, there's so many movies that I am excited for. Cause this is the year where like everything, everything is coming out because this last year and this year was like the lulls. Everything that came out in 2021 was like done two years ago. Yeah. This is, we are now past the, the pandemic effect. Right. So, so now we're getting to like, production. Hey, we're getting, this is going to be a usual thing. So I would say that, and then, like, I'm excited for DC movies and stuff like that, but for some reason, and I don't understand why, I'm very excited for the Indiana Jones movie. I totally forgot about that one. You know what I just realized? What? A lot of the movies this year took place on islands, just to write out the whole pandemic shit. The menu literally took place on an island. Anches of Inishirin was an island off of <laughs> off of Ireland. And then uh, Last Onion was just on an island where they literally wrote out the pandemic with the little spray thing. The island was the theme of movies this year. Just going back and thinking about it. And then I guess you could say Batman, too, because the Batman takes place kind of on an island. Uh, surrounded by water. Eventually. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. That's it. 2022 was the year of islands. Of course, Brian would find that out. Uh, the ending of Black Panther took place on a boat in the middle of the ocean. So yeah. that's kind of an island. <sighs> kind of. I yeah. just want to. I I don't want to get into it because this episode will be like thirty minutes longer than it should be. Um, what about you? Most anticipated? Well, so I I'm really excited for the movies you guys said too. Um, definitely Mission Impossible. Forgot that was coming out this year. And it's a two parter, by the way. I know. Yeah, yeah. But uh, just so I could be that guy, I'm definitely excited for the DC movies. Okay, uh, I am too. I I'm excited for it. Um, definitely Shazam. I heard uh, is not doing very good in the test screenings. I still want to watch it, of course. Um, it sucks that now these movies don't mean anything. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's. I'm excited to see Aquaman too, even though that's going to be uh, his last movie as Aquaman. I heard he's getting recasted. Um, Blue Beetle should be cool. It's the first time we're going to see that character have his own that movie. That should be interesting. I yeah. don't know what that character is, and I want to stay as ignorant as possible because... I just won't explain it to you, and yeah. we'll see it. <laughs> yeah. That way I can get the crazy-ass questions at the end of it. And then, uh, but uh, I also want to see Scream, the new Scream. That's my favorite oh, okay. slasher. Um, but uh, The Flash is definitely my most anticipated movie, 100%. Uh, like I said, it does suck that this movie doesn't mean anything anyways. And it was supposed to reset the timeline. But they're saying it's supposed to be based off the Flashpoint. 
So seeing that live action and not animated, I think should be cool. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty excited for that too. I'm excited to see Michael Keaton as Batman again. So are they gonna like use that as their plot device to reset the universe, or are so they just gonna, are so. they just gonna do it? I think they're still using it to reset everything because they took some people out of it. But um, for that one though, because uh, they were supposed to reset it completely, because with the girl they got to play Supergirl was supposed to replace uh, Superman. And then Batgirl was supposed to replace Ben Affleck. But then uh, Henry came back and they cut him out. So he had a cameo, cameo, but they cut it. They cut Wonder Woman's cameo. And I heard they reshot Aquaman with Ben Affleck. But they cut all those in the test screening. Hmm. So now I heard all these movies don't mean anything. Like no matter what happens in it. Like the Flash was supposed to reset it. Like it was supposed to reset everything. But now they're just going to be standalone films I heard. And James Gunn is going to do a completely new timeline and recast everybody. That's what I heard. So I don't know. Not too sure. I mean, next episode we'll talk more. In the short term, that does suck. Before the for the films coming out this year, um, I think if we could have gone back a few years and said reset the timeline sooner before it's, before you commit all this shit to it, I probably would have been better with that. Given because I'm not have not been a fan for half of the movies. <laughs> so in the long term, that actually might pan out. Um, it, it does seem weird though that the way they just kind of took it all out and just like yeah, I guess just destroyed expectations. Really, it just like yeah, the screenings were went so bad. We're just gonna start over, but we already made them, so here you go. Yeah, it's probably because maybe they're trying to make as much money as possible. Because if they just completely cut it, you know, they make probably no profit. Mm-hmm. Like what they did. Well, they said Batgirl, they were gonna make more money cutting it than they were gonna do releasing it. But it's like maybe with Aquaman and The Flash being such high budget movies, you know, I'm, I'm guessing, I'm not too sure that. And it's so anticipated, like even if you hate DC or whatever, I mean, I'm sure you're going to want to go see The Flash, I'm guessing. And Aquaman 1 made what, like a billion dollars? It made a good chunk. Yeah, yeah. so it's like, I'm sure people are going to want to see that one too. So I guess maybe they're just hoping on that. But I don't, I don't know. Well, I guess we'll find out later this month what James Gunn has in mind. And I could be wrong. Everything I'm saying could be wrong, and who knows? Well, James Gunn did the new Suicide Squad, right? Yeah, yeah. and Peacemaker. Yeah, I, which I never got around to seeing, but I heard good things about it. Oh yeah, that you should watch. It's hilarious. So, um, yeah, I mean, if we'll see more of stuff like that, then uh, I'll, I'll trust the man to do whatever he wants. So mm-hmm. far, what I've seen has worked out. Yeah, so far. Hopefully, he doesn't let it go to his head and uh, just completely trash this again, or it's game over. Uh, yeah for a few years and then cash grab they'll do something to bring it back then he'll get fired then we'll start this whole thing all over again (laughs) maybe by then I'll be old enough to take over (laughs) yeah me too (laughs) be so old but I'll walk in the meeting with a comic book and I'll be like you're fired I want want like a 10 part docuseries just called what the fuck happened (laughs) just (laughs) just behind the scenes of how of how not to do it and then how to and then how to do it properly on the second time around. Lessons learned. Anybody have anything to add before we jump off? Um no. I don't think so. I think we touched on it. I mean we're gonna do a bunch of episodes in the next coming weeks, so we'll also revisit a lot of these movies when it comes to Oscar time, so Yes. Maybe we'll make that another episode where we just go over them five minutes at a time or whatever. 
think Top Gun will get nominated for Best Picture? Yes. I think he has to be. I mean, they didn't they up the number of one to like eight or ten? I don't know. So I could tell you right now it's going to be Banshees, Fablemans, Top Gun, uh, everything all, yeah, all, see all the, where once. See the issue? What? Oh, yeah. See the issue? We're struggling. Trying to yeah, but I'm just I'm I know for a fact the ones I just named are definitely getting it. Maybe this. Uh, when, when do they usually announce? Uh, the shortlist was announced last week. Oh, okay. But the shortlist only covered short films and I think design. Okay, because I was gonna say because we have a lull for a little for the next couple months before things really kick off. Might be able to go through some of these. Uh, no, that movies. We we really should like we should watch Bullet Train. We should watch everywhere everything ever all at once. Yeah, we need to watch that one and then. Um. I'm sure there's other ones that we missed that we should have watched, but uh, not all of it is our fault. I mean, the independent theater in town mm-hmm. doesn't, isn't open yet. And I don't feel like driving all the way to T.O. to watch, um, um, independent movie just because I would rather go down the street, but that's yeah. just me. Um, all right. So I guess we'll stop there. Yep. All right. Uh, keep an eye out for another review or possibly um, different episodes coming out.